Well, this morning we'll start in the book of Mark, the 8th chapter. Let's see here. Book of Mark, the 8th chapter. Give you a chance to turn over there. We'll talk a little bit about self-denial. We've talked about this a couple weeks ago, but there's just more the Lord was dealing with on me to, to read this and uh, to look over it. So hopefully you'll get some encouragement out of it as, as it did with me as I studied it. So Mark chapter 8, we'll start in the 29th verse there. <clears throat> it says, and he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Peter answereth and saith unto him, Thou art the Christ. And he charged them that they tell uh, they tell no one, or no man of him, excuse me. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly, and Peter uh, took him and began to rebuke him. And when he had turned about, he looked on his disciples, and he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whomsoever shall lose his life for my sake, the gospel's, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? For of what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and my words in adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in his glory of his Father and with the holy angels. We're familiar with this passage of Scripture. We've met it, read it many times over over at least the past, what, almost 10, 11 months now? <laughs> I feel like I've read it a hundred times. <laughs> but Jesus was talking here to the, to the multitude and to his disciples, and he said, Peter began, he said, who do you say I am? Excuse me, to his disciples. And he says, who do you say I am? And he says, thou art the Christ. But, he says there, and he charged them to tell that they should tell no man of him. And he began to teach them, the Son of Man must suffer many things. So he goes on and says, they answer the question, who is, who is he? He's Christ. And then he goes on and tells them the things that must happen. What's going to happen leading up to his death and his resurrection. But the funny thing is there in verse 32, Peter begins to rebuke him. And what was Christ's response? Get thee behind me, Satan. Well, let's put this in the normal context here, conversations that you and I have. Sometimes we do things because we, we don't want it to be so, right? We don't want somebody to leave, leave visiting with us. We're like, no, stay for a little bit. You need to stay and let me, you know, let me feed you or, before you leave. But Jesus' rebuke here was because why? Peter wanted in his flesh to keep Jesus with him. And that wasn't what Jesus had come to do was to stay with him in the flesh. 
So Peter's rebuke, I mean, Jesus' rebuke to Peter was a stern one. Why? Because he wanted him to understand this is the way that Satan, he says, get behind me, Satan. You need to get behind me and leave this stuff alone. Because I need to do what the Lord sent me to do. That's what he was trying to tell him there. He said, For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of man. And then he goes on and he turns around and he talks to the, he called the rest of them unto him and his disciples. And he begins to te- uh, teach them again. Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. How many messages have we heard about bearing the cross and following Jesus? You've heard it from me at least twice, I know. Because I'm dim-witted and sometimes I forget what I've preached before. Uh, either that or the Lord is just telling me I need to preach it again. So, <clears throat> But then he goes on here. And he turns around and he teaches them about taking up your cross, your burdens, and following after him. Putting our flesh into subjection is not something that is very easy to do, is it? I can tell you this, that I've struggled more with getting rid of sugary sodas than I ever want to. Why? Because they taste good. They're pleasing to the flesh. But I know that I can't continue to drink those sugary sodas because my sugar is going to go up. <laughs> but then I shove a cinnamon roll in my face this morning. So, you know, there is a statement that as stupid is, as stupid does. So <laughs> uh, maybe I just need somebody to slap it out of my hand. But anyways, as he says there, he says, Whosoever will come after me and let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. Why do you think that's so important? That we lay down our lives, we deny ourselves. Because we can't be a disciple of Jesus if we are cleaving to the flesh. I think I sent out a, a devotional about, you know, putting to death our old self and then dragging it around and then resurrecting it ever so often. How would you like to have the paddles put to you a couple times a week, you know, and come back to life after you've died? Wouldn't be a very fun thing, would it? Just let me go. Just let the old self die. I know I use humor because sometimes we understand it, you know, but the, the, this text here was trying to get it across that, hey, you want these things now? You're not going to have a life in the future. So guess what? Put these things down. And guess what the profit of that is? You gain Jesus. You gain the life to come. All the while you struggle with these, we struggle with these things that we carry around with us. Deceit. We carry around, we lie to ourselves from time, you know, from time to time. We do things that we shouldn't do that harm others. Speeding, texting while driving. I'm telling on myself here occasionally, so y'all don't hold that against me. Which my wife has told me, put it down, you're going to die if you don't do those things. So I've learned to put them away and try to pull over and do those things. But the scripture here is talking about something far more substantial. We're talking about a matter of life and death. 
Let's look at Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10 and verse 14. But when Jesus saw it, he said, uh, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, forbid them not, for so such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up with his arms and put him on, uh, his hand upon them and blessed them. And when he had gone forth from an end of the way, there came one running and kneeling to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and thy mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these I have observed from my youth. And Jesus beheld him, uh, beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest. Go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to thy poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come take up thy cross and follow me. And he said this, uh, I was sad at the saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possession. And Jesus looked round about him unto his disciples and said, How hardly shall that be that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answereth them again and saith, Unto them, children, how hard is it that them that trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished out of me- uh, out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? And Jesus, looking to them, said, With men it is impossible, but with God, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. And Peter began to say unto them, Lo, we have all left and have followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or fathers or mothers or sister, or excuse me, or wife or children or lands, for my sake and the gospels. But he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time houses, brethren, sisters, mothers, children, lands, with persecutions in the world to come eternal life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last first. Jesus was addressing the group gathered here with a question. With with the young man asked the question, "What must I do to inherit eternal life?" Simple question enough, don't you think? But he wasn't prepared for the answer. He says, "Jesus." One thing I thought was interesting there is he says, "Jesus was what he was moved." He was moved with compassion. So, he, what did Jesus say there following? He says, thou lackest one thing. He says, go, sell what you have, give to the poor, and you shall have treasures in heaven. Come, take up thy cross and follow me. He's saying, lay down all the stuff that you've got. He said, you've got all this stuff that's, that's wealth. He says, you've kept all these things from a child. But you have this big distraction in your life. Wow, that, that wealth was his crutch. We can say a lot about this man, but 
There's a lot of things that we hold in our life that are crutches. But what's the intent of the scripture here? Self-denial. Giving up ourselves to serve the Lord. What is it that causes us to be distracted from, from serving the Lord? That's an honest question that we should ask ourselves. Jesus responds with that command in the following verse that we just talked about. Go and sell what you have and give to the poor. He tells them to get rid of those things and take up his cross. Those burdens in the flesh that he has to follow the one who is able to bear all things. Which are difficult for us to bear in the flesh. I think about this. Um, the one thing that I've always struggled with as a kid growing up was anxiety. I was always an anxious kid. I was concerned about how to pay the bills, even though I was not old enough to, to have a job or anything. And my mom says, you don't need to worry about those things, honey. I'll take care of those things. <coughs> what well, was the, the concept still the same there with Jesus? We can give those things to the Lord and he'll, he'll, he'll take care of them. We don't need to worry about this, this life, but submitting to Jesus and having, uh, and taking up all these burdens that we bear and falling after him should be our number one desire. We're getting to the most important part. Hold on there. Buckle your seatbelts. He spoke of the difficulty of entering the kingdom because of such distractions like wealth or much family or things like that that they talk about there that were that were distracting from their service to God. It wasn't that our families are, are caring for others or things as a distraction. It should be adding to our service to the Lord because we're taking care. We're bearing each other's burdens. We talked about that was it last Sunday night, we talked about how we care for our brothers and sisters. Ultimately, it is responsibility that we bear our own burdens, but we also bear the burdens of others. But here, the admonition was to unburden ourselves of the things of this world and take up our cross and follow Him. Why? Because he is all sufficient. What did he say? This what we talked about grace this morning. Our grace, the grace of the Lord, is all sufficient, isn't it? The one thing that we struggle the most with in this life is getting ourselves out of the way. And what does he tell him there? He goes on and tells them. He says, "How hard shall they that have rich? How hard is it for them to enter?" into the kingdom of God that have riches. That's the New American Standard summary there that I typically read when I study. So, And he goes on there. He said, he talks about it being easier for a camel to pass through an eye of a needle. Now, don't be confused. It's not the eye of a needle as in the thread, the needle and the hole there with the th where did you put thread through. The eye of the needle was a gate to the city. It was a small gate Camels had to be unburdened of their load 
and they got down on their haunches and they could move through the gate. It was small enough when the at night when the gates were closed, they could enter through this smaller gate to get in and seek safety in the city at night. So I encourage you to look at that. It's a very interesting topic there, the eye, the eye of the needle. <clears throat> but he says it's easier, it's easier for that to happen than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Why? Wow. Because they're burdened with much distraction, with much load of, of caring for the things of this life. And then he says, And they were astonished out of measure, saying amongst themselves, Who can be saved? You're like, Lord, how is this possible that any of us can be saved and be delivered? And Jesus looked at him and said, With men it is impossible, with God, for with God all things are possible. Our only limitation in, 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 in this is that we need to trust the Lord more because we typically don't trust the Lord as much as we should, right? How many times do we face such difficulties in our week? Myself included, I know. I know quite a few times in a week and I have to go, okay, Lord, that's enough. I'll put stuff down and you can take care of it. And typically, when I put myself out of the way, it goes much smoother, doesn't it? Each one of you can attest to the self-same thing. I know it. I think sometimes when I put things aside, if I'm trying to do something, and Donna's like, here, let me do it. Because uh, I'm frustrated with it. When I finally put it down and I quit stressing about it, Donna's like, it, she fixes it because my frustration just clouds my ability to solve the problem. So what's the what's the what's the admonition here in the scripture that Jesus is trying to convey to him? You can't do these things yourself. If you serve me, put these things aside. The wealth, the troubles, take up your cross and follow me. Yes, those burdens are still there, but they're much easier to bear. I think about the account of Jesus. And Simon there, when he was bearing the cross to Calvary, what happened? He helped him bear the load, didn't he? It was easier to bear. Let's look at Luke chapter 14. You know, sometimes when, you're, when I'm preparing a message, I think, oh, this is not going to take but 15 minutes. The trick is don't lie to yourself and tell you you're going to be done in 15 minutes. <laughs> Luke 14 and verse 15. says, And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said <clears throat> unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread of, of the kingdom of God. Then he said unto him, A certain man made a supper and bade many. And sent his servants at supper time and say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must needs go see it. I pray that you have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yokes of oxen and I have to prove them. I pray that you have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, therefore I cannot come. 
So the servant came and shewed his lord these things, and the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto his servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges, and compel them to come, that my house may be filled. And he saith unto, unto you, that none of these men which were bidden shall taste my supper. And there went a great multitude with him, and he turned and said to them, If any man come to me, and hate not his father, or mother, or wife, or child, or brethren, or sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And I'll stop there. What do these two accounts here have to do? He was talking about a parable of the master bidding those servants around him to come and eat. It's very similar with what we've been discussing. Master bid them to come to the feast and they began to make excuse. They were burdened with caring for the things of their life rather than what? Their master that called them to come serve him and come and be enjoy the feast. What happened? He got angry. Because why? Well, obviously they'd known about this feast for quite some time, and they weren't prepared. They had all this time to prepare and have all these things wrapped up to go and enjoy the feast. So then guess what? He goes, all right. These people aren't worthy of this feast. They're not going to eat it. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to get all these other people and get them to come in. He tells the servant, go and do these things. He says, it's done. Out of all those people, he had one servant that he mentions that went and did exactly what he asked me to do. He went and gathered up the people to, to come enjoy the feast. So you'll see here that these people that were asked all had excuses. But what did the master say to it? At the end, he says, For I say unto you that none of these men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Why? Because they didn't have enough time of day to, to get rid of their burdens and pick up their cross and follow after their master. And the penalty there was they didn't get to enjoy the feast and they didn't get to, they didn't get to partake of the supper. And what did Jesus say after he talks about that? Verse 25 on, he says, I say, he says, if any man come to me, I hate not his father, his mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yea, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Of course, we've talked about this particular passage of scripture, and it's not saying hate or as in loathe, but our love for the Lord should, should seem as hate when we carry it in comparison to how we feel for our family. He says, whoever doesn't bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Why is that? Because they care too much about this life. And what did the scripture say that we read over in Mark? It said if you don't do these things, you can't be my disciple. We often have an identity crisis when we get caught between the flesh and spirit, don't we? 
war against one another, the scripture bears that out. And how do we do it? We take it to Jesus and we lay it at his feet. And just to like the account in the scripture, I believe that Jesus helps bear our burdens. Also, each one of us help each other bear our burdens. If we're sick, we call on one another to help, whether it's food or whether it's just an encouraging word or in the difficulties we face, but that's that's a need. We need to help one another. We're commanded to do that do such a thing, aren't we? Let's look at John chapter eight where we'll come to a close. John chapter 8. We'll read starting in verse 25 of John chapter 8. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus saith unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true, and I speak unto the word those things which I have heard of him. And they understood not what he spake unto them of the Father. And then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me with us, he that sent me is with me, the Father hath not left me alone, for I do always the things that please him. And he spake these words, many believed on him. And Jesus said of those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? They didn't get it. Jesus answered them, saying, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth a sin is the servant of sin, and a servant abideth in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make, the, make you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that Abraham seed, that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because of my word hath no place in you. I spake that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. And they answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If ye are Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father, then ye say to him, We be born of fornication, and have one father, even God. Or not of fornication, rather, excuse me. And Jesus said unto him, If God were your father, ye would love me. And if I proceed forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he that sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my word? Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He, has, uh, he was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. 
which of you uh, convicteth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's word, and ye therefore heareth them not, because ye are not of God. And then the Jews answered and said to him, uh, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil? And Jesus answered, I have not a devil, but I honor the Father. And ye do dishonor me, and I seek not mine own glory. There is one that seeketh and judgeth. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. And then the Jews said unto him, Now we know that thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead in the prophets, and thou shalt... Thou sayest, if a man keep my saying, he shall never taste death. Art thou not greater than thy father Abraham, which is dead? And the prophets are dead. Who makest thou thyself? And Jesus said, uh, Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father that honoreth me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say, I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you, but I know him and keep his sayings. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. And then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, was was, I am. And then they took up stones to cast at him, but Jesus himself went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. That's a long account of the scripture there, but do you understand what he's saying? Absolutely. They didn't understand who Jesus was because they were blinded. And they desired to hold on to the corruption of the flesh and keep the power that the Jews had at the time. They didn't want to listen to what Jesus had to say. Why? Because it, it would turn their life completely upside down. They would lose all their power and prestige. And it would not fulfill their flesh. But what did he say? He said, <laughs> I think this is interesting. He said, I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. How hard do you think that would be for them to hear? Pretty hard. They were probably fighting mad. But Jesus' point was, is if I was to please myself, I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be of God, would it? It would be like (laughs) y'all, saying y'all as in the Jews, not pointing y'all. Forgive me. (laughs) I think y'all knew what I was saying. I was pointing. (laughs) Mom always told me, be careful who you point at. (laughs) But the point was, is Jesus was trying to get them to understand that he was of the Father and that he did nothing of himself but what the Lord had sent him to do. What does Scripture say? It says he accounted himself not to be equal with God, but took on the form of a man as a servant. Jesus bared the cross for us so that we might have an opportunity to serve our God. But even in that, his desire was to see his 
fellow countrymen serve the Lord. Even to the point of putting down everything that he had, power, prestige, you know, Jesus could have done all of that, but what would it have done? Nothing. So think about this. Think about the Jews and, and, and the difficulties that they were set with there to take to accept Jesus or not to. We have the same opportunity. We can either confirm or deny that Jesus is the Lord, but it doesn't mean that it changes the truth, does it? And he said they were they were so caught up in what they were hearing that they didn't what they heard from him and they believed what they that they were the seed of Abraham and that he wasn't he was saying setting himself up to be something he wasn't. But Jesus' proof was in the pudding. He came to declare what the Father would have him to do, and he bared the burdens of countless others who were worthy to bear their own sins. Even the ones that hated him for who he was. So, the same thing that Jesus taught through the scripture about bearing your own burdens, about taking up your cross, excuse me, taking up your cross and following him, he did it. He bared the example he bared our reproach. So, why now would we make Jesus a reproach and a stumbling block? Let's put down our lives and let's serve Him like we should. Let us take up our cross and follow Him willingly, putting aside all these things that don't that that aren't but a distraction in our service to the Lord. Why, you ask? Because it would be a blessing. We've seen it now, and we have the opportunity. So why not lay aside the rest of this stuff in the flesh and pick up Jesus and the cross that he bear and follow after him? Because the reward is far greater. We don't pick it up, and we have this life, and that's it. And we bear our judgment. Otherwise, if we pick up the cross and follow after him, our judgment is a reward. It's not a it's not a curse. That's all I have for you this morning.